Tomorrow is the last day of October. And in the American culture, there is this event that's called Halloween. And tonight, let me just take a few looks at that, what Halloween means to many people and how we can weave that into a story about Zen practice. One of the things that many people love about Halloween is, of course, for the kids, the candy and getting something from strangers that they can consume later and that is sweet and wonderful. So making that connection is really something nice. Of course, in our society nowadays where we live by the rule of fear, the candy has to be individually wrapped and you have still to be careful that it's not poisoned or whatever the story is. At some point there was this urban legend that somebody put razor blades in the candy. It actually was not true. But again, fear is a way to deal with society because it, especially when it comes to our children, it strikes deep in the hearts of parents and of grown-ups. So maybe the candy is not the point that we can make to relate to Zen practice. What else could it be? Now, the second most important thing is to dress up, to change from who you are the rest of the year into something, somebody, else. What will you be tomorrow? One of the characters that we know from literature, from the long history of graveyard movies, of vampires, witches, demons, or you pretend to be somebody else, a nurse, a firefighter, whatever. That changing an image into something else temporarily is something that we can relate to in Zen practice very closely. It is not that we dress up as something else than we are. What we learn through Zen practice is actually to become that what is. And with the freedom to leave behind stale identity, fixated identity, we truly turn into that shape-shifting mode. We do it every day, in the morning, when we wake up. Out of non-existence, the world and our consciousness appears. That is probably the biggest shape-shift. Then as we get out of bed and we wash our face, again, shape-shifting. Brewing coffee, brewing tea, or just drinking hot water or cold water, whatever it may be. We turn into a person who drinks, a person who makes breakfast, a person who eats breakfast. All of these shifts are very, very natural. Yet we call them everyday things and activities so that we don't even think they're special anymore. However, they're more special by the fact that we do them naturally and without any difficulty shift from one manifestation to whatever is needed next. 
but after we get showered, after we get dressed and go out into school, into the workplace, into society, wherever we go, and we interact with other human beings, suddenly that shape-shifting might come to an abrupt halt. Suddenly the ideas of who we are, what we represent, what is me, what is not me, how we compare to others, all of that comes into existence and starts to hinder us to change freely to what is needed. Those identities, they are precious and we guard them, we polish them. And when they get scuffed, things come out of balance. Maintaining an identity is really, really hard work. And it's like carrying something that is really, really heavy. And at some point, just putting more weight on one side will disturb that balance. And we will be knocked off our grounding. So Zen practice and Zazen and Seshin practice or training within a longer context exposes these ways of identity, of the assumption of identity to become clearer and clearer to us. Instead of us playing with identity, our lives are often played by this fixated identity. How often has it happened to you in your lives that you look back at the moment and later thought, oh, I wish I could have just been a little more flexible. I wish I could have not reacted that way. I wish I wouldn't have just defended my stance that I now see were wrong. I wish I wouldn't have been so weak, so strong, so this, so that. We all have these memories of having been in situations like that. The more we learn about the functioning of fixation and of identity, the more we will be able to work on loosening that grip. But let me ask a question. Why is it so attractive? to have an identity. I just said it's a lot of work to keep it up. We get knocked out of balance. It gets scuffed and hinders us. But why is it then still that we are so invested, that we are so attached to it? And of course, one reason is convenience and the perceived safety of that what we know. There might even be parts in our identity, in our, what we might call, character, that we don't like ourselves. So in the projection of that identity, we try to hide them. And when they come out, of course, we don't feel good about it. Yet, it is important that we address those weak points, those shortcomings, or sometimes perceived shortcomings and to look into them in as much detail and with as much effort as we have given to this 
unreflected and unquestioningly supported and affirmed identity. We do need to have identity in the world of society, but it doesn't have to be stale. It doesn't have to be fixated. We all were born in a specific place with specific DNA, with a specific family history. And all of those are circumstances that have come to be in this universe through the activity of Dharma. There is really nothing we have to add to that, to hold on or to try to project anything else than what we are. It is okay to want to be different than we are. Otherwise, we could not mature. We could not learn. But it's a different attitude to allow that change in versus repressing, holding down and stuffing away those parts of ourselves that we have to work on. Putting on the costume of an axe murderer might be some way to express something that we are afraid of truly doing, but for which we might have some feeling that that is within us. And don't be mistaken, it is. We all, since we are human beings, carry both the seeds of unspeakable brutality, violence, hatred in us, as well as the seeds of deep love and understanding. Now, what Zen practice teaches us is that we have to explore that whole spectrum and be able to recognize it, to accept it, and to live with it, and then make judicious choices of what we express and how we express it. Halloween is a wonderful time. Being able to leave behind a stale and fixated identity is a wonderful experience. Having that opportunity provided by society is also something that is to be cherished. Carnival coming in the spring is another opportunity to change from who we are in society at times and wear costumes, play other roles. So I hope that some people, while they do it, gain some insight into this importance of not being stuck in a self-image, not being stuck in this assumed, fabricated identity, and getting a taste of just being as we are, natural, fluid, pliable, transformable shapeshifters. Happy Halloween.